Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 
out here every once in a while too. So that's where I come in. That's my spot. And how did you become a Clippers fan? Um, so growing up, I don't want to date myself, but I guess I might as well. Um, <laughs> growing up, of course, you know, the Chicago Bulls were, were the team and they were my team as well. I wasn't a Lakers fan, purple and gold, just, it's just nasty color scheme to me. So I can never get down with the Lakers. Uh, wasn't a Magic Johnson fan. Um, I was a, I was a Ron, I was a Michael Jordan fan. I was an Isaiah Thomas fan and I, I was a Ron that. Harper fan, right? So the three, okay. they were, they were battling in the East. I, I liked Isaiah Thomas. I loved his game. Couldn't stand the Pistons because they were beating up the Bulls. Then you had Michael Jordan, and then you had Ron Harper, who was on the Cavs, but the Bulls were beating them up. But he was like, at that time, he was like a step below Michael Jordan. He was a slasher, cutter, scorer, real athletic, and he ended up getting traded to the Clippers. So once he got to the Clippers, then the Clippers were my team at that point. So I didn't have to hate him because he wasn't playing Michael Jordan. He was now in Los Angeles playing at the Sports Arena Nasty Gym right there. But that's when I started be- becoming a Clipper fan. Got you. Okay. It's okay. We date ourselves on this show. I was actually, <laughs> I was actually a um, huge Magic Johnson fan growing up. So uh, I guess by default, you could say I was a Lakers fan because I loved Magic. Um, but clearly, I'm not a Lakers fan anymore. And so- <laughs> not anymore sometimes and I haven't been for years like I mean after magic I never like caught on with Kobe I never you know it was like after him I didn't because I was young you know and my older brother was a Lakers fan really you know when you you follow your young your older siblings a lot when you're the younger sibling and I was a girl Mm -hmm. and my brother was into sports so I was kind of a tomboy you know like we did he used to do the wrestling moves on me and like double dribble I'm really dating myself he used to have me playing like video games with him and you know stuff like that so I liked whatever teams he liked he was a 49ers fan I was a 49ers fan he was a Lakers fan I was a Lakers fan you know Uh, we lived in South Florida at the time and so at that time there was no heat there were no Orlando you know there wasn't Orlando so you picked the team and you know I kind of grew up loving Magic Johnson and so after he left I had like a void in my heart so I still watched basketball but I really wasn't dedicated to like any one team for a long time and then um and then like over time I kind of I started to really like the um the the Celtics the the KG Paul Pierce that that era of the Celtics I know. I love them. I loved Rajon Rondo. I still do. And I have a thing for point guards. You'll start to see the theme. And so I, I loved them. Um, but then I also like used to like, I swear, I promise you, I used to always like love Stephen Curry. I'm like, this guy is just like so magical, you know, but people didn't like at that time, it was like, oh, jump shooting teams. They're not going to win. You know, like he was kind of this fairy tale in college, but I just kept following him. When he got to the NBA, I was like, man, I don't know. I just see something. So when the Warriors really became a thing, I was like excited. And I just, once he came to the team, I kept following them and following them. And then I just naturally became a Warriors fan. So I always say like, I'm a Warriors fan, but I also really, really like the Celtics, which I know is like taboo. You're not supposed to like more than one team, but I do. (laughs) <laughs> like as many teams as you want you know yeah, nobody controls you know. your fandom <laughs> but people do they really do they, try crazy. to control they're it crazy. like how are you gonna tell me how many teams i can cheer for you know what i mean like 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> so I often see you arguing with like Lakers fans on the TL. It's like, the do you just do it purposely to troll them or like, okay, yeah, I figured um, I do too. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, so there's a, it's easy to troll them. Very easy because they're so emotional. You know what I mean? Like their team wins, they're emotional. When they lose, they're emotional. And it's like, if you say anything about them that doesn't put them at the top of anything, they think it's disrespect. You know what I mean? Like I said, the Clippers are not your little brothers anymore. Right. You know, we're we're making we're making our own our own trail now. You know what I mean? And they went crazy on me. They, I mean, I thought I shot MLK or something the way they came <laughs> at me. So, um, you know, I I don't really go out to troll. I say what's on my mind. You know, if I see right. a tweet and somebody says something, then I'll tweet my own thing if I feel like it. And then, you know, I'll get a, oh, you about to be in trouble on this one. Sometimes I'll mute it so I don't have to hear it. Right. There's days where I'm bored, and I'm you hungry, engage? I'm hangry. So I'm going to go ahead and get you. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it. It's a good time. <laughs> so I saw, I saw one of your debates. I, I don't remember how long ago, but it, it was, I think there was some news that came out about the arena. And so you were kind of going back and forth with some people, but like, what, like, what do you expect that to be like? I'm sure it's going to be exciting for you guys to have your own building. Like, do you think that will mm -hmm. change anything for the fan base? Like once you guys have your own arena mm -hmm. or um, no, not, it's not really going to change. I mean, the fan base is growing. I guess people are now they're comfortable saying that they're a Clipper fan as before you were like, I, I cheer for the Clippers kind of thing. Right. Um, they're comfortable now. So when you when you get the arena, they're going to be comfortable in that arena. I mean, it's going to be an amazing arena. It's in Inglewood, so there's going to be all kind of traffic. I mean, it's it's right next to the football stadium. It's actually where the Great Western Forum used to be. Okay. Um, it's going to be, well, the Great Western Forum is still there, but that's going to be right by there. Um, so I don't see that there's going to be much more fan base, except for maybe the youngins that are coming up mm -hmm. that, you know, see this new arena. They see the Clippers. Ballmer's putting all kind of money into it. So maybe if you're eight or nine years old and you, your parents aren't able to put that Laker, that Laker nastiness into your brain, then, uh, you know, maybe you'll come over to the Clippers side. But as far as that goes, the Lakers, there's no doubt about it. They, they run Los Angeles as far as sports teams. So that's their, that's their city. Um, so just have your, have your Staples Center that you rent out. We're going to have the, we're going to have the new basketball arena that, you know, the Clippers actually own. And then we're going to have a good time. You know, that's all it is. So I'm excited for it to be built and I'm excited for the party. So let's do it. <laughs> do you go to games now at Staples? I go every once in a while. I'm in San Diego. So the traffic to Los Angeles is so disgusting. Um, so I might make a couple games a year. Um, that's, that's about it. Um, I will be making it more this year um, because, you know, there's a, there's a bigger buzz around the Clippers. There's actually, people I interact with that are, that are cool that I'm sure I'll get up with up at okay. the games. Um, but it's tough, you know, people don't want to go with me to Clippers games for some reason. So, uh, <laughs> really? Why not? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a Clippers fan and that's about it. Everybody else is a Lakers fan. That's, that's what it is. So, okay. uh, they're not trying to go hang out and see the Clippers play. Um, things have probably changed. I mean, last year was tough. The last two years of the Clippers have been tough because of the whole COVID mm. situation. So I'm sure if it was wide open and we could we could we could have gone the last couple of years, we would have gone to the games. But you know, with COVID, it, it didn't work out. So now that it's kind of changing back to normal, we'll we'll make some games. Me and my boy uh, Snotty will go up there um, and watch some games. <laughs> okay. You guys have something coming, right? You and Snotty. Um, as far as 
are y'all doing like some content together or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I appreciate you talking about that right quick. So we actually have a, a podcast we just rolled out uh, a few weeks ago. It's called The Dunk Tales. Okay, uh, I didn't even know that it launched. Okay, I need to check yeah, it out. Yeah, so it launched. I'll, I'll send you a link. Let you let you check it out. Um, but me and Snotty have known each other um, for almost twenty years now, since we were in the Navy out there in England. So okay. we've always talked basketball. He's usually wrong. I'm mostly right. Um, and that's just the way it goes. And that's kind of how we play out on the, on the podcast. So if y'all have time, check us out. Dunk Tales. Uh, it's on Apple and Spotify. 19 Media Group is who we roll with. Cool. And you guys are just talking all things NBA. Any particular focus? All things NBA. We haven't really focused on anything yet because the season really hasn't started. Right. He's a, he's a Celtics fan as well. That's his number one team. Yep. So, okay. um, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong with him, but that's who he's rolling with. He's I know. It's like a cardinal sin as a black person to be a Celtics yeah. fan, but I, I do like crazy. them. It's <laughs> funny because we went to go buy hats the other day, and he was like, I can't get that Celtics hat because it has the, the leprechaun leaf on the front, and they're going to think I'm crazy. So I, I said, yeah, you are. That's why you're not supposed to be cheering for them. So, um, but he's a Celtics fan. I'm the Clippers guy, but he's a very smart basketball mind. You know, I'm not, I'm a Clippers guy, but I'm not really biased. You know, if the Clippers are not the best team, I'm not going to pretend they are. Um, if they're the team that's whooping them, then, you know, you give them all credit. So that's why the conversations are good. So what So what is your expectation for the Clips this year? Um, first, let's start with, do you expect Kawhi to come back this season? Um, so I really think it's two things. Number one, if he's ready, nobody can tell him otherwise, whether he's ready or not. Um, and it's going to be determined on how the Clippers are doing. So if they're not a playoff team, then there's no reason for him to come back. If they're like a, a play-in team, there's no reason for him to come back, at least in my mind. Um, so if they're, you know, a five seed, maybe a six seed, which is where I'm kind of optimistically hoping they land, I think he'll come back. And I think he set himself up for that when he took that contract the way he did. So, um, you know, I would mentioned in the space we talked about it, I mentioned uh, before he actually signed his contract, I said if he signs the four-year deal, he's going to try his best to come back. If he signs a one-plus-one, that means he's sitting out the whole season, and he ended up signing a four-year deal. So he's going to try. I think he's going to try to make it. Okay. And so you, realistically, you think the Clips can be a five or a six seed? Is that what you think um, without him their, their ceiling is? Yeah, I think they're ceiling five or six. Um, when you look at, obviously, you have the first – I think six closer than five, but when you have the first, you know, four or five teams, you're talking the Lakers. I'm really high on the Warriors. You have the Utah Jazz. I think those are going to be the three juggernauts. Uh, of what the, about the of Suns? The um, listen, and I Nugget. think the Suns are the Nuggets are the Nuggets are always going to be like they're they're kind of in the in the middle to me. Um, like last season, for instance, they finished third, but that's because the Clippers were trying to lose, so they didn't get that third seed, right. and the Lakers were hurt and the Warriors were hurt. So were they really a three seed? Not really. They were more like a five or six seed themselves last season. So, Same thing with the Suns, you think? Same kind of rationale? I think the Suns will be – so the Suns were trying to win every single game, and they and, and a lot of the West was not. It was them and Utah were the two teams that were really trying to get that one seed. And I think when you have these teams now, the, the Lakers are now going to be up at the top. Like I said, the Warriors are going to be chasing wins this year. Um, and even the Clippers, I mean, and then you have the Nuggets, and even the Clippers are going to be trying to win every single game. So 
Um, they they have a tough road to get back to that number two seed. I think. I think they finish. They could be four, five, or six as well. That's so my, if the that's my if thought. the Clips are six, let's just go with that. Who are the five teams mm-hmm. you would have ahead of them? Um, ahead of the Clips, I have, of course, like I said, the Warriors, the Lakers. Uh, it'll be Utah, and then it's kind of a, a toss up at that point for for me. It's going to be it could be Phoenix, um, which is it's obviously they could finish fourth or something like that. I mean, the Nuggets could, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and finish, you know, fifth or something like that. But those are like the top six teams for me. Uh, so no Mavs, no Blazers. I'm not high on the Blazers at all. Like, okay, there's nothing about the Blazers. I'm, I mean, the Mavericks. They're going to go as Luca goes, and his confidence is so high. You never really know what could happen with them. Um, but the the team is so surrounded by him that it's going to be tough, you know, to really get into that top four seed. It's, that's just the way I see it. Yeah, they didn't um, make that the many, Blazers, like, off-season changes, I don't think, right? Like, the, the uh, Mavs. Not anything they, substantial. Not anything that we would see as substantial, like a big, you know, big boom of a, of a deal or anything like that. Um, I think they're really trying to, you know, have Porzingis be that number two. I I really think they're really trying to do that. And then, of course, you know, Luca getting better. They brought back to uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. So I think that's what they're they're really trying to make their their core right there. So they 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 were the five seed last season, and Porzingis played good during the play during the regular season. So they were a legit five seed. But again, the Warriors. And the Lakers were not, you know, trying, they were not able to get into that top. They were, they're the better team. They weren't able to get to the top. So really they're more of like a six, seven, eight last season. The Blazers were more of like a eight, nine seed. Right. Maybe even, so it's just, it's just a little, I don't take them serious at all. Okay. So what do, what do you think about, I know it's just preseason. I get it. I get it. But what did what have you thought about the fact that like the Lakers preseason and how, I guess, what they're going to look like with Russ, you know, it's, I mean, obviously it's very early and they have plenty of time, but it seems like there's some struggles there. <laughs> <laughs> you putting it nicely. I see. Um, look, if you, if you watch the Lakers, I don't even care about their record. The record for, for preseason doesn't mean anything, especially right. when you have a bunch of vets because they're not going to play past the first quarter. Usually. But the way they've been looking, I thought they would, by the end of preseason, they would start ironing out the wrinkles. And them wrinkles are huge, you know, the main big wrinkles. So uh, they played well the other night, still lost, but they played better than, than they had been. So I thought maybe after five, six, seven games, you would start seeing them kind of get into a rhythm. I'm pushing that out maybe to more like 15 or 20 games till they really figure out how to play with Russ. Um, but I think a lot of their losses also came. They were playing like 15 people. So right. once, you, once, once you bring it down to like seven, eight, nine people or players, then it, it'll smooth itself out. But Russ was out there stinking the joint up. Boy. Mm, it was Do you bad. think the Lakers are going to finish with the best record in the West? Um, it's tough. I, th- I actually, so I was, I was before the season, before the preseason started, I was actually kind of low on Utah. I wouldn't be shocked if they finished again with the best record in the West. They actually had some pretty good pickups over the uh, the summer, and then they picked up a, a guard, Butler, from from uh, Baylor. They, they drafted him in the second round, and 
the reason why he dropped so low is because he had heart conditions in the past, but he okay. can play basketball. So he's going to be, a, he's actually going to be a, a very big part of their team. They brought in, um, they brought What's in Rudy Gay. What's heart see. situation? Is it all worked out? Yeah. So he just, he got cleared medically. Okay, so, good. but you know, once, once that stuff happens, teams kind of, yep. you know, back off a little bit, but he got cleared. He's ready to go. He's looked really good. And they brought in a couple other pieces that I think help solidify their bench. Cause when, you, when you saw them, Right. Rudy Gay was, I mean, he's okay. Nothing great, but he's going to come in there and give you good minutes. Um, I, 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 people are laughing at me, but I said, Hassan Whiteside is actually going to be decent for them because he's again, he's around people that actually, you know, are smart. So, <laughs> and he's a little off, so they'll be able to bring him in. Um, so I think, I actually think they made some good moves. I think they have the talent to have that number one record. It's either them or the Lakers. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors finished with the number one record. I would really? not be shocked. I would not be shocked. You're one all. of the few people who are probably not what I think after preseason, a lot of people's opinions are changing, which is funny to me because it's still obviously just the preseason, but people really came in thinking like they were going to be fighting for a play in again. And I, I didn't, I didn't understand that, but, um, you know, I mean, what, what are, what are you thinking about? Like, are are we your second game of the season? You guys are ours, but I don't know. I'm, Would you? Please? I'm not sure. I don't remember who the. Uh, I'm not, it could be the first game. Could be the second. I'm, I don't remember to be okay. honest with you. Yeah, I'm um, not sure. Could we play Thursday? Yeah, play yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, NBA Twitter is funny because most people like to pick that low hanging fruit because. They're clueless about basketball, sorry to say. Um, but that's just what it is. So when you look at the Warriors, I looked at them last year and I was trying to tell every, I was even telling Warrior fans, like, you guys are going to be okay. Like, this is a, you guys have a really good team. Um, you lost Clay, you lost uh, Katie, obviously. You lost a lot of veterans, but you're still, you should have been a five or six seed, I think, maybe even a little bit higher than that. You finished eight, so you were really a playoff team. This whole playing thing was kind of whack. I mean, I didn't right. like it at all, but they were a playoff team last year, weren't trying to win every game. They had injuries. Steph was out a little bit. They were 39 and 33, but they finished the season like 15 and five. So right. if you think about all that, you know, it's a good team coming in. And yeah. they weren't just beating up on cupcakes. They were beating up on, they beat Phoenix. They beat Denver. They beat Milwaukee. They were beating good teams. Yeah. Yep. So, so they were getting them out of here and, and, you know, they went into this season saying, you know, we're, we're going to give this. Was, it was almost like a tryout, an open tryout. They were trying out Kelly Oubre. They were trying out all those young guys to see if they could, you know, get into the system because that system is not easy to learn. And, right. uh, and it had them losing games because of it. And then at the end, once they said, okay, we, we've done what we need to do. Now we're going to play basketball like we know how they took off. And then when they come back this season, they're going to be doing that from game one. And it's going to be people are going to the reason why the Warriors are so good is because they move without the ball and you can't defend that. It's, and that's why they're always to me, they're always going to be at least top three and a chance to get to that number one. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's like a really good observation. I know like a lot of Warriors fans used to be like pushing back at you because, of course, we just want to try to go for it every year. But mm -hmm. it, when people are thinking about them this year, they're just like, well, I mean, they didn't even make the playoffs. And I'm like come on, like, are you serious? They were <laughs> in the eighth spot. They were 
six games over 500, like everything you just basically mm-hmm. said. And I said, when Steph played, they were like a 560, like in terms of their win percentage. So with half the, like half the people being out. So like, why are we even talking like this? Right. So it was really, I, I sometimes I don't understand it. Like I get it. Like you don't want to pick and then look wrong, but like, there's just no way to look at them and think like they're going to be struggling. If they are, I would be really surprised, you know? So um, I, I do think they're going to be a top four seed as well. Just got to see the rest of the season play out because mm-hmm. you don't know if they're going to like take off from the beginning. Obviously everything is always barring health, right? Like no injuries um, hopefully. And so, and then obviously clay is going to help, but you still don't know like what he's going to look like when he first gets back and like integrating him back in and everybody's going to be playing a certain way for most of the season. And then clay is going to come. So like you have to, you know, cause who knows what Jordan Poole's going to be looking like at that time and playing mm-hmm. like, so now there'll be a decision to be made, right? Like, do you, do you move Jordan back to the bench? Does that make the most sense for like team chemistry? So, you know, I give them some games to figure some of that stuff out. So I just, I don't know, but I think they're probably going to be a top four seed. I'd love it if they could be top three. I'd be shocked if they weren't. I really would be shocked if they weren't top four. Yeah, me too. Completely shocked. So like you said, though, they're going to have maybe a little bit of growing pains once Clay gets back. He didn't forget how to shoot. He didn't forget how to play basketball. So he's going to be fine when he comes back. Jordan Poole's taking that step. If Damian Lee takes that next step, you know, to start solidifying that bench. I saw you tweeting about that. You think Lee is like, like one um, of the I, difference I, makers. I think he can be a difference. I don't think he's there yet, but I know after watching him play, his game has improved. It definitely has. It has improved, which means he's going to take it to the next. Nobody stops improving. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you've reached your ceiling, you've reached it and then you start going down, but he's, uh, he's ascending. And he's going to keep doing that. So all it is is about now getting that bench right. That's what, you know, when the Warriors, they had Livingston, they had Iggy, he's back. It was all about, okay, we need that bench to hold us together when we take our little breaks. So if he's in there, he's playing, you got JTA. I mean, it's it's really, you guys, it's a deep team. So that's why I said I'd be shocked. They all know the offense. Um, they're all going to play defense. Their offense is their part of their defense. So it's just, it's when you watch it, it's like poetry in motion. That's what it is. So <laughs> once it gets going, it's really I like watching the Warriors play. They're not they're not my favorite team, of course. I just enjoy watching them play basketball. So thank you. I enjoyed the clips too. I kind of became a clips fan um during the playoffs since uh my team was out of it. And that's not typical for most Warriors fans because I'm from New York. I'm not from, you know. Uh, the Bay and so this thing that they have against like LA doesn't exist for me so uh, <laughs> I like the Clippers though because I really like Paul George and I really like Kawhi they're two of my favorite players in the league and so I always enjoy watching them whatever team they're on so I did I, I started following some like Clippers writers and stuff because I was really in tune to what was going on I was so upset that Kawhi got hurt because I feel like yeah, they I felt like they had a chance to win it all. Like, even if like the Brooklyn Nets were fully healthy, it would have still been a tall task, but I think they were like one of the only teams that were equipped to actually beat them. That was still there. That, that was my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. cause during the season when they matched up, those games were close. I mean, I think the Nets won, but the games were like, like right down to the end. They were really close. 
Yeah, they, they definitely can give teams problems. It's almost, I didn't think they were going to win it last year, even with all the injuries and things like that. I didn't think that they were going to beat uh, the Nets. The Nets didn't end up making it. I didn't think they were going to, they have trouble with Milwaukee as well. Um, okay. So I didn't think they would, they were going to um, win, be, get it to the finals and, and win the championship. But when Kawhi got hurt, hate to say it, but it's almost like a blessing in disguise because at that point, you had to start depending on the younger guys. You had to depend on Reggie Jackson. Um, and those guys really stepped up. And I think that's going to bring us into this season. And that's, I'm really hoping that they continue that. That's that's why I have, that's why I'm so high on them because okay. I'm expecting those young guys. I'm expecting Reggie Jackson to still play that role. And um, even though the, the point guard that they just got from New Orleans, um, Bledsoe, even though a lot of people don't like his game, and I really don't like it that much either. No, we need that. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a weird. It's almost. I don't want to say it's rust like, but it's rust like to when I, when it's about trying to mesh his game with everybody else's. Um, I'm hoping that Ty Lue figures that out, and with Paul George basically being your primary ball handler and Reggie Jackson being your primary secondary ball handler, you keep the ball out of Bledsoe's hands unless he's running a fast break because he's like a He's a freight train once he gets going. So Yeah. Do you expect Reggie's shooting to continue? I mean, obviously that would be huge for y'all if if it does. Um, but that was like, do you think that was an outlier or has he spoken on like why he was shooting so well during the the playoffs? Uh he I, I haven't heard him heard him speak on it. I know that he actually had trouble last season. They actually benched him for like a couple of weeks last season until somebody got hurt and then he came back and he was playing well for a while. And then it, it's very inconsistent with him. Um, but I think once the late, once the Clippers were down and they needed somebody other than Kawhi and Paul George, um, Reggie just stepped up and I think he took it on his shoulders. So if he has that mentality, like, okay, we're losing two zero to these Mavericks, we have to win. I think he'll be all right. He's, he's going to be inconsistent regardless but they have enough firepower to, you know, kind of settle that down a little bit. So what are you expecting from Paul George this year? Because um, I feel like he could be a sneaky MVP candidate. Like, I mean, obviously that requires him playing, you know, and not really. And I, I don't feel like this is a season where they can like rest him that much because they need him. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if he can stay healthy, he's like a. I don't know. I just feel like he's a sneaky MVP candidate that no one's considering. Um, I've actually, uh, I've actually said the same thing and it's, it's basically because of the narrative that's going to go along with it. You know, it's like almost when Russ won his MVP because KD was gone. Now he averaged triple double and then, you know, got the, the uh, thunder to the playoffs. Paul George is not going to average a triple double, but if he's your number one guy and he's putting up, you know, 24, seven and seven or something like that. And they're, in the if they're in the top four seed, I would almost guarantee he's going to be the MVP. If he gets to that five seed, that six seed, it's a possibility. So he's my dark horse as well, though. He is definitely my dark horse for MVP. And if he's shooting like the way he was, I mean, at least during the regular season last year, I mean, he was like treading that 50, 40, 90 line. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if he's shooting the ball that efficiently and they're a top seed, I, like, I don't know how he can't be. You know, um, I know it's a popular thing on NBA Twitter to hate on Paul George, although it lessened a little bit after his series. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But I mean, I I think 
like he's he's still like he's just a really good ball player and he gets he gets held to the standards what's interesting of like the Stephs and the KDs and those people like when he when he doesn't win you know people go at him like he's one of those guys but he's Mm. not we know that but he's like you know he's He's not tier one but he's like right below, but he's a really, really, really good basketball player. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm there with you. He brings a lot of it on himself though, but the, by the way he carries himself, he really carries himself. Like I'm too cool. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> you Mr. Cool guy, which is all right. But you know, when, when somebody gives you the business and they, and they tear you up on the court, instead of saying like, that's a shot I would give him every single time. Like he did with Dame, you just got to dab him and say, Hey, he hit a he hit a great shot. We move forward. Calling yourself playoff P. I mean, it's just the way he talks. The way he talks in his in his press conferences, like he's he's like so above the conversation almost. He brings on himself, and then he's had some rough some rough games when they count it. But when he's the number one option, he definitely he he brings it, and he's going to yeah. be the number one option. Um, like you said, I think he's going to have to play to that level. For them to get to the playoffs and they're both him and Kawhi are not you know spring chickens it's not like right. they have 20 years left they're trying to get to that playoff so he's gonna bring it every single night so is Serge gonna be back for you guys uh last I heard is he's he's basically getting cleared to come on back I'm not the, I'm not in the same boat with a lot of the Clippers fans though that are like excited Serge is coming back he has like baseball gloves for hands he can't catch he hits, he's inconsistent on the three. Uh, he's going to give you some decent defense, but he's not OKC Surge. He's just not that guy. He's not even Toronto Surge anymore. So, you know, what are you really getting out of him? I think people are going to be disappointed. Really? So who, who, who do you think are the players to watch or that are going to be, I mean, obviously Paul George and Reggie, but mm-hmm. then who else like is going to matter for this season for them to have success? I think... So you, you already named the, the two big dogs. I mean, Terrence Mann is going to have to solidify the bench. I think Brandon Boston, I think people are going to be surprised by him. He got drafted in the second round. His stock dropped outrageously after the, the college season. I think he's going to be better, especially the second half of the season. Um, Zubak has to come in and play. He, he has to be a little bit better when it comes to defense, playing the pick and roll everybody has to be counted on for them to be good. If anybody is not up to standards, it's going to be rough. And Bledsoe, I'm telling you, watch out for him. He's going to be locking folks up. I don't think he's going to be too crazy out there. I mean, he's, he's looked decent in the in the preseason. I know roll your eyes. I'm rolling them too. I can't believe I'm saying it. Mm. Uh, but I, But for them, for them to be as good as they need to be, he has to play well. Right. He has to. Um, but, the, but the key lies in Reginald Jackson. If Reggie Jackson is not consistent, it's a done deal. It's done. That's just the way it is. So, by the way, I I want to talk about, like, this matchup between them and the Warriors, but what what do you think? I've always wanted to know this, because going into the playoffs last year, um, it seemed like, and I mean, Ty said, no, that's not what he was doing, but it seemed like at the very end of the season, the Clippers were doing a little shenanigans to like play 
you know, with what their their seeding ranking would be. And so they ended up having to play the Mavs early Mm -hmm. and people are like, oh, see, that's what they get because they don't match up well with the Mavs. And like, that's why it ended up being such a hard series maybe that could be the reason why, but it does seem two years in a row, you guys did struggle with the Mavs. What is it about them that makes that such a difficult matchup for you guys? Um, I mean, I think the Mavs would be a difficult matchup for most teams because of the way that all they do is let Luca, they, they set screens for him all day long and it really gets your defense out of whack. You know what I mean? So, um, so you have to pick your poison. Are you going to let him kill you or are you going to let, the rest of the team kill you. Um, the bad thing for the Mavs was just the Clippers went small and the Mavs did not. They tried to, they tried, so they were trying to, they left Boban in the game, but they were well, trying to Wasn't that bring, their counter initially when you guys went small? That was their counter because what they were trying to do is force the Clippers to bring Zubak in the game because Zubak is horrible on the pick and roll. He has, when he was getting, when he would have to guard Luka, but Ty Lue was like, nope. You guys can leave Boban on the court, and we're just gonna run you up and down the court, <laughs> right. and that's what ended up happening. So, um, you know, they're they're a tough matchup for everybody just because of how they play basketball. Um, the Clippers are so. My my one thing about the Clippers is they believed before last year that it was almost like it was owed to them that they were supposed to be a top echelon team. And I think they went into the Mavs series. When you, when you lose on purpose to go into the playoffs, that means you're looking past the first round. Right. Absolutely. So right. they went into the first two games and was like, well, we, we, we already know we're going to beat them. We beat them last year. So let's just think ahead. And they got down 0-2. The last four out of five games, they smashed them. So um, they're, they're a tough matchup. But I think if the Clippers have their head on their shoulders, they're just, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been a seven-game series. Okay. Yeah, um, I also noticed that like the role, your role players at the time, they were shooting below their regular season percentages. So I just figured law of averages would eventually play out. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't think that was going to keep on happening the whole series. And the the Mavs were shooting way above their normal totals. And like people were not paying attention to that because like I know everyone was big on Luca has no help, but they weren't saying that in the first couple of games because <laughs> Luca was getting that help, right? Like yeah, these guys absolutely. were showing up and they were making shots. And so I was just like, I don't expect them to keep doing this either. And so I just, I expected it to like play out, but it was, it was interesting to watch. So I'm like, if they lose this series, there's going to be a lot of attention that goes back to their decision to, to play around there with the um, seeding gods at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for that to have to go seven games was a, was bad enough. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they got out of the first round, but hopefully they learn from that again because they didn't learn from it the year before when they did the same thing. Um, <laughs> you know, you just go in there. You, you want to go in the playoffs winning. You want to go in with a chip on your shoulder. Going into the playoffs, like, we're just going to come in and get this four seed because, you know, we, we like how that that trip to the championship or that path to the championship is can't do that, man. That's just, that's just bad juju. That's basketball. God's telling you, that's not how you play. So. Yeah. So what, what do you think? What do you, I mean, you guys are going to be coming to golden state for the matchup when we see the Clippers, but what, what are you expecting in terms of the, have you, have you had a chance to observe some of the warriors new pieces? 
that they mm-hmm. have Otto and and Belly is I think what we're all calling him. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, how do with... I say his name? So I think everyone's calling it Belly, but it's Nemanja, Nemanja. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I just go with Belly too. So I yeah, go with Belly. belly. Too. I have, I've definitely <laughs> seen the I've seen the pieces. Otto Porter is a big pickup. Um, if he just plays his role, and it looks like he's he's actually pretty comfortable in, in playing that role, which is just feed me. <laughs> Just feed me and I'll sit there and just, I'm going to eat, right? As long as he plays that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, especially you guys saw Kelly Oubre last year, which was the opposite. He was like, I'm taking my role. I don't care what you, like, bro, we're about to make this the easiest. But, you know, Otto Porter has that mentality that's very helpful. Belly, he's going to be another guy that can move the ball. Jordan Poole, you already see what he's done. He's taken so many leaps. Um, JTA, I mean, it's just a very deep team. I actually think the Clippers are pretty deep as well. We brought in like 46 wings. So it's just crazy how many wings are on the team. Um, I think it's going to be a good test. I'm leaning towards uh, the Warriors, you know, off the bat. But if the Clippers come through, like I said, they're going to be having that foot to the, that pedal to the metal from the beginning. Um, I wouldn't be shocked as well, but I'm leaning towards the Warriors on that one. See, the Clips are interesting because, I mean, they can't like, their shooters are not as good as Golden State, but they can shoot, you know? So you guys can shoot mm-hmm. the ball and you can play fast, right? Which is like usually what the Warriors counter a lot of teams with, especially because, I mean, they're just lacking in size, right? And so, but you guys can do that. So that's what I think makes it an interesting matchup because you guys can play small, you can run and you have, you can shoot. So I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be close. Obviously, I'm going to just pick the Warriors because they're my team. But I, <laughs> I think I think it's going to be a close game. I think it should be good. So that's actually what kind of scares me about the matchup is the Warriors are going to be running and the Clippers do not have a lot of, um, how should I say, they don't have a lot of discipline. So if they get into that up and down game with the Warriors, as you said, they're not they're not shooting like the Warriors are shooting. If Steph gets hot, Jordan Poole's going to get hot. That means the Clippers are going to start running up and down and just start shooting crazy. Reggie Jackson's going to start shooting crazy. Uh, you know, they're all, that's what they do. That's what the, that's how the Clippers get themselves in trouble. Right. They, you know, they'll make like, they'll score like 30 points in like seven minutes, the Clippers will. And then they'll keep trying to do the same thing over and over. And then they end up losing leads and losing games. So um, what I'm hoping is they have more discipline. They try to control the pace a little bit better and not try to run with the Warriors because you get in that game with the Warriors. That's why I said on Twitter the other day, I said their offense is a part of their defense because if you try to get into that game with them, it's going to be ugly for you on the other Yeah, end. you did. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I don't know that like people, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think people were getting it. And um, I felt you were going back and forth with a guy. I don't remember exactly what, but you said that. And I did say, oh yeah, let's talk about that. So why don't we talk yeah, about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was actually I was actually specific. I said because I was in the spaces before, and I was listening. And you know, you warrior spaces are hilarious. So um, are they? You know, they're so you know you know Urkel runs them, and then you got the <laughs> Lakers fans that come in there, and it's just it's just common. Like I put the phone down, and then I'll just start doing something and just listen. I'm laughing while I'm listening. I don't really talk to them that much. Um, but so a lot of the people say. Steph is not very good defensively compared to like a KD or whatever, which I disagree with. I mean, I think he's actually pretty decent defensively. But what they don't understand is 
the way Steph plays, it allows the the Warriors to play the offense they play, which totally messes up the rhythm for the for the next. Completely messes up the rhythm. You're worried about where he is. He's moving all over the place, so it affects you on the other end of the court. You know that's what ball movement offenses do to you. They mess up the whole game for you. You know because you can't. Even though KD was there and you guys were very good with him, your offense was worse with him because he would ISO so much. So it would allow the other team to go down and then they're set, right? So right. they're set on defense because all you're doing is watching KD ISO, which is any team. It's not just KD, but if you're just watching guys ISO, it slows the game down. You can set up your defense. Even if he scores, you can go back down and now you're set. When you're playing against Steph with no KD and they're just moving the ball all over the place, he's scoring, but he's scoring any way he wants to. You know, you're leaving people wide open to go triple team and he doesn't even have the ball. Like that messes up your entire, entire game plan. And because of that, that messes you up on offense as well. And then when Steph starts hitting like 15 footers, 30 footers, 27 <laughs> footers, and he's doing what he wants to do, now your entire game plan is done. And people don't understand that's part of defense is that you're able to control the game offensively. People don't understand that because they like to pick that low hanging fruit. And that's right. why I like having these conversations. And then after the third tweet, I'll be like, all right, let's move on. Let's get, let's get going somewhere. Yeah. Honestly, it's just refreshing to hear someone who's not a Warriors fan say this. Cause like, I get it. Like, I'm never going to sit here and tell you I'm not biased. I'm a Warriors fan. I'm a Steph fan, all of those things. And there's still, I have the ability on some level to be objective, you know, but people, once they know you're a fan of a team, they just discount what you're saying. So I love when I hear <laughs> other people say, cause I'm just like, look, I'm not crazy. I understand what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, listen, I love basketball first. Um, that's that's the first thing I played it for a long time. That's I, I love play? basketball. I was point guard and shooting guard. So oh, okay. Two. Um, so I did that, and I I actually like watching it more than I like playing it. I found out when I went to go play basketball at San Jose State, I hated. I didn't love basketball like <laughs> like okay. people love basketball, right? So at that point, it was just okay. It was fun, but I really enjoy the game. I enjoy the mental aspects of it the manipulation that goes on with it. Like I enjoy that kind of stuff about it. So when I speak on something, it's because I know what I'm talking about. And if I don't, I'll actually ask questions. If right. you know, if I don't, and that's what people don't do. Like, I'm not here to change your mind. When I talk, to you. I make my comment and you can ask me all you want to. I don't care what you think about it. Like, I right. So, and if people would just have that, they don't have to try to change somebody's mind. Just say how, why you feel the way you feel and stop trying to tear everybody down. And it would be a much better, you know, conversation. On Twitter? Are you crazy? That's not going to happen. That's crazy. I know it. I know it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it will not happen on there. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Yeah, because these people, these, I mean, their identity, these people, their identity is these teams and, and these players. And I get it. You know, have your fandom. I, I understand it. Just know that, you know, you talk to me, we're going to have a good time about it. That's all. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> 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 definitely no you're definitely one of the entertaining um personalities um so what do you think like outlook for the season I mean who do you have winning um the NBA championship do you have the Bucks repeating do you have someone I, new emerging I'm gonna it's it's really difficult to to call it right now of course, um but that's why we do just this, because, right? I mean 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but in years past, you could say, okay, I do have a favorite. It's this team. It's this team. This is my favorite. This is like the first year, um, especially with Kyrie out and about uh, doing whatever he's doing. This is the first year where I really feel like there's going to be three or four teams that if they get to the finals, they really have a chance. That's going to be the Nets, of course, the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Warriors. Those are my four teams that are really have a chance. Um, and the difference between the three is the Warriors move the ball. And I, if I said this months ago, I said the Lakers' toughest competition is not going to be the Nets. It's going to be the Warriors getting past them. Um, and, and that's just the way it is. So I do believe the Lakers will get past them. Um, so I, I give them out of the West. Now with the, I still believe the Nets are going to be there. I, I think that they're going to be the number one team out of the East. Uh, they'll go at it. And um, it's the Nets for, for me okay. right now. That's, okay. yeah, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't hold me to no. the fire because that's no, just I'm like, not. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. I don't need that tweet above my, this you, I don't need that. No, I don't need that, no. So. <laughs> I, first of all, I'm not going to do that because it's also the way that you said, some people say their rankings and their stuff so definitively, you know, like yeah, no chance not- and they shit and they poo poo on other teams. I mean, those are the people who you want to go back and like really do that too. Cause yeah, like absolutely. they were, they were assholes when they gave their take. So I'm going to be <laughs> an asshole too, but um, no, I mean, I, you know, I agree. I think that I think it's a little up for grabs. I don't think, see, I think when Kyrie was still there, that almost made the, the Nets like the unbeatable team probably for most people. So I still think the Nets can definitely win. Like this idea that Kyrie's gone. And so now automatically it means that the Bucks are the front runners is silly to me. But uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think it just put, makes it a more level playing field. So I think, you know, you have the Nets are right up there. I agree. I think the Nets are going to come out of the, the East, but a lot of people feel like I'm selling the Bucks and Giannis short, but I just, I don't know. I just think the Nets are better. That's, that's what I think, but I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's the Bucks. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Heat are going to do. I, I like the Kyle Lowry addition to the Miami Heat a lot. Um, they didn't have a great season last year in terms of the way things ended for them after making it to the finals. I think that in terms of uh, defense, I think they're probably the team that's best equipped to defensively match up against the, the Bucks. So I just, I think they're a team to watch too. I, you know, maybe they won't be that good, but I think Miami's a team that maybe could sneak out of the East too. So those are the three teams I'm watching in the East. And then in the West, yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's Lakers or or Warriors. And I know Taj. Sometimes you talk to him on Twitter, like you know Taj. I don't know what his actual handle is, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know he's like, I love how you just always say it's gonna be the the Lakers and the Warriors in the Western Conference. I said, barring injuries, that's who I think it's gonna be. I, I'm just that's <laughs> what I think. I think they're gonna be yeah. the best two teams in the West, and then we'll see what happens. But I'm not. I'm not a believer in the jazz. And even though I think they're going to be a really good regular season team, I'm not a believer in them making it all the way there. And uh, the Suns are definitely one of those teams that I thought like last year has made people kind of overhype them a little bit. So could be wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you there. And it's, it's always funny when, when people ask you your prediction or anybody their prediction and you give it, then somebody's like, well, that's crazy. Why would you say that? It's like, it's a prediction. 
You know, right. I mean, <laughs> that's how I feel right now. So that's why I said it. So um, I'm with you. The Suns, I think they lucked out um, and that's not going to happen this year. So that, that's right. why I don't have them anywhere, anywhere near that. Although I will say if Kawhi does come back, that changes things a little bit it like does. to me. It definitely does. Um, so and what he will look like, because I mean, I don't know that we've ever seen Kawhi come back in the middle of a season, like off injury. He usually is injured and then out. And then we just see him the next year. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't know what that would look like, but if the if the clips go into the playoffs hot like that, they're, you know, and then they're bringing Kawhi back, you definitely got to consider them another third team to consider. I don't see how you can't. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the clips are. Uh... Listen, like I said, they're my team. That's the team that I support more than any other team. I guess that's how you could put it. Right. Um, they are a team that if they get their minds right, they they can beat just about anybody if they get their minds right. Um, I'm hoping that last season really kind of showed them what they need to do in order to have their minds right and that they go, you know, go forward with that. It's going to be tough. It's always tough when you go almost an entire season without a player and you're rolling. And then you play, right. you bring him back, and that's the only way. That's the only way he's going to come back is if they're rolling into the right. playoffs, right? That's how I feel. A um, little different than the Warriors, who, you know, Clay's coming back. Everybody knows that he's going to come back sooner than Kawhi would, and he's going to fit in pretty quickly, I think. So um, the Clippers are, if they if they get Kawhi back, they may go in as a six seed, but whoever that three seed is, if they go in as a five seed, whoever that four seed is. They're not going to be happy about it. So no. um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's, it's, it's just tough to predict right now for me. It's tough. I wonder what Jamal Murray coming back to, to Denver will do. Because I think Denver's going to be good and solid regardless. And then he's going to come and that's going to give them something added. And, you know, I feel like we just, we all know Joker's great. Everyone I think has him up there, like probably top five or right around there. And yet I feel like we still just like overlook him whenever we're talking about things, you know, like, are yeah. we not giving Joker enough credit? Um, so, I mean, he got in, he got the MVP, so he definitely got plenty of credit. I just think he's in Denver. People don't really watch him that much. A lot of people don't like the way Denver plays, even though it's, it's a decent brand of basketball. Um, what I'm interested to see is the, the interaction when Jamal Murray comes back between him and Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. has taken that jump now. Mm-hmm. Just got paid $200 million. Who's stepping back now to be that, that third wheel instead of the second wheel? Or are they both able to kind of flow into that, that second wheel behind, behind uh, the Joker? So, you know, that's MPJ the, won't want to, like he has that ego. I early in his career though, even before he was like where he is yeah. now, he made those comments. So he's not, mm-hmm. He's not going to do it. I mean, the good thing is Jamal Murray is going to be, you know, he's not just jumping into the fire and taking off. They're going to bring him in slowly, I'm sure. Um, but if I'm 21 years old, you just pay me $200 million, you'll be 22. And I just came off you know, a good playoff run. I think the last, after Jamal Murray went out, everybody says it was, it was the Joker that picked up his game. And that's why they continued to win. It was Michael Porter Jr. Yes, he, he was did. averaging like, he was averaging like 23, 24, 25 yep. a game. So Joker did his thing, but if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't step up, then they're not going to be that good as they were going into the playoffs. So now you're asking him to let the Canadian come in there and get his spot back. I want to see what that what that's looking like. Right. This is going to be MPJ's. He's going into his third season now, right? 
Is it his third? Yeah, third or fourth? I know. I'm not sure which one he was really. I think. Did he sit out the whole first year? Or was it just that first year before they went to the bubble? I don't remember. But I mean, well, this is about third, the. It's his third relevant year. I know yeah, that. Yeah, this is, this is the time where players start to take that leap, though. So Denver mm-hmm. could end up being really good. And we're just not talking about it, you know? But Absolutely. they they really they really could. Because um, Michael Porter Jr., he's a weirdo, but he's really good. <laughs> he's <laughs> very good. good. He, he, he's, I, I'm actually, I get surprised. Anytime he misses, I'm shocked because. That shot just seems to fall almost every single time. So um, you bring up a good point. I don't know why Denver doesn't get the respect that, uh, you know, most teams of that of that stature would, but they don't have my respect either. So they're going to have to prove it to me. <laughs> <laughs> what does Snotty think about um, the Celtics? Because I feel like they, they dealt with a lot last year. Like um, Tatum had COVID and then had like after effect issues from it, but he had a really great season. He should have mm-hmm. been all NBA, in my opinion. He got gypped. Um, that was cold. Yeah, and it cost him contract money, too. And so that's, that's really fucked up. Um, so, but, you know, they're, well, I mean, they actually have COVID issues already. I think Al Horford has it and um, Jalen, too. But yep. assuming everybody gets back and they're fine, you know, they, they had like people in and out. Marcus Smart was out for a large portion of the season last year with the injury. So they don't have, I mean, Dennis Schroeder is their point guard. I think actually, at least right now, at least what they were saying is they were going to have Dennis coming off the bench and Smart mm-hmm. starting. But the Celtics healthy, like, where do you see them in the East? Because I feel like no one is talking about them. And I understand they kind of had like a quiet season, but I feel like Jason Tatum is like one of those fringe guys, like sitting right outside of the top 10, you know, like he's a really, really, really good basketball player. And so I'm just wondering like how high can he raise their ceiling, especially with Jalen starting to come in his own now too, you know, and I think Al Horford was a great pickup for them to get back on that team. He always, meshed well with them so I think they're Mm going to be really good this season too I think they'll be better than last year I know they lost Kimba but I think having Kimba was one of their issues yeah um so you when you have Tatum and Jalen Brown's taking that step now he's basically now a, a notch below Tatum um to have Kimba out there looking for his own shot and kind of messing up rhythm that wasn't that wasn't good good for them so when you bring Marcus Smart as their point guard, now he's not a shooter. He's going to get that offense rolling, you hope. Uh, my only thing is, as Jalen Brown gets uh, better, it doesn't really seem to, you know, take that the team to that next level. Like, for whatever reason, him and, uh, him and Tatum, they're both averaging like 25, 26 points last year. And, you know, they still struggled. Like I said, I know they had issues with Kemba, but, man, when you got two wings like that, you know, averaging that, the point, Kimba Walker shouldn't be the, the issue, like, to get right. you to be a better team. So I'm not sure where they are. Snotty's, uh, Snotty's not even really high on them right now. He, he liked the fact that they're bringing Marcus Smart in as the point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's more of like, I know Jalen Brown's there. Jason Tatum's going to be who he's going to be. Um, I just, I just want to see it kind of thing. He, he wants to see where it goes. So he's not a, he's not a big homer guy either where, you know, it's his team and he's, he's, you know, just talking outlandishly. Right. Um, so it's, it's hard for me. 
it's really hard for me with the Celtics because you have that talent and it's not giving you the results you think it should. The results that it should when you have two wings like that. It's just, I don't know right. what the deal is. So new blood, new coach in there. And I really yeah. like the coach, the coach that they got. Me um, too. Bringing discipline, bringing discipline to the game. You know, he's a, he knows how to get that ball moving. He knows how to get people to their spots. So I actually, they'll be better than next year. Uh, they might sneak up, you know, in that top four. Yeah. I hope they do. Like I said, I like the Celtics. I mean, they're probably like a piece away. I think they're going to go after um, Brad Bill, like after this year, I think after he, you know, gets his money, which is the real reason I think he stuck around. But I know they're also, I know they're also relying on that connection between him and Tatum because I think they're close. So it'll be interesting to see, but I, they, they're definitely missing a piece. So uh, we'll see. I don't expect them to make it out the East, but I just, to me, Tatum is someone to watch as someone who could have like a really breakout season this year too. Yep. Agree with you there for sure. Yeah. I think individually. Okay. And what about MVP? That's the last prediction I'm going to ask you about. Who do you think are going to be the um, MVP front runners? My front runner for MVP is Steph Curry. Really? Um, okay. That's my front runner because they were the eight seed last year. They're going to be in the top. I, I still feel top three, no, no worse than four. If they finish top three, um and they start off hot if they start off hot before clay gets there i think he's going to be the mvp um now if they start off iffy and then clay comes back and then they start winning then that's going to take kind of the luster off of it right he's my favorite he's my favorite for the mvp um Giannis is probably next if they make if they get the first seed if they get the number one seed out east then he'll probably get a lot of mvp love and then my dark horse is paul george okay all right. Yeah, how about yourself? How about yourself? Gosh. Well, you know, I want Steph to win it because he'll be, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be, I was having this um, discussion today with uh, Jay Thompson. I don't know if you follow her. She's on Twitter, but um, you know, a lot of people are excited about Giannis and he seems to be shooting jumpers now based on the preseason. So people were like, mm -hmm. oh, if he develops that, that's it. You know, it's a wrap and um, he's going to be the MVP and all this stuff. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be the MVP. But I, <laughs> <laughs> anytime I say that, people are going to think, because right now, I mean, I feel like the media definitely wants it to be Luca same like going into last season yeah, so it doesn't mean sure. that it will be him but it's going to be a few weeks before it like plays out and they let what's actually happening dictate it right because I mean in the beginning of the season last year they were pushing LeBron when to me it was clearly Embiid at the beginning of the season in my opinion mm. until things happen so I, I don't know I mean I think I think Steph is a definite possibility. I think he has the narrative and everything. So I think you're right. Like if, 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 cause people still don't expect golden state to be a top team. Why? I don't know. So I think if they are rolling and they are like a top seeded team, there's no way that's going to happen without Steph going off. So he right. definitely has to be one of the contenders. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how Braun is coming into this next season. He wants that fifth MVP. I don't know that it's like, <laughs> I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for him to push for it, but he wants mm. it. And, you know, so I, I can never discount Braun just because I don't, there's a media love for him. And I know he wants the fifth MVP. He wants it. And so I, I have to think he's going to still be in there. We already talked about Paul George. 
But then see in the East, and then I mean Joker, he just won, and I'm not even talking about him. Like he he could still be back yeah, there. Was, uh, I didn't even like that pick though. So mm. you did. I know a lot of people didn't, but I did think he deserved it. So I'm going with Steph though. But I I the other person I do think if the Sixers, because they're gonna have like all this Ben Simmons stuff going on, right? So if Embiid mm-hmm. has another monster season. And like the Sixers are up top because people are not even thinking about them right now because of everything. Right. Then I think he definitely has a chance to be in the MVP conversation too, you know, because if the Sixers are like one or two and like, it looks like things somehow are working out with Ben again and like they're rolling. <laughs> I don't, you know, I think they're going to try to trade Ben, but like if all that turmoil is happening and they're managing to stay like a top one or two seed and Embiid is doing his numbers, like, obviously, with him, it's always health, right? So he probably will never win it just because of his health. You know, he can't stay right. healthy during the season. But I think he's a candidate. And then you got to say KD, too. I mean, Giannis, too. So I'm just saying the people who people aren't talking about. But I think I think with Kyrie gone, it actually opens the door for KD. I think people just weren't really considering anyone from the Nets before because all three of them were there. But I think it opens the door for either KD or Harden, one of them. To, to to be in the MVP combo. Yeah, and uh, I hope not. I don't think they did. I, I don't think any too, but <laughs> I don't think uh I don't think any players that are, you know, considered top five, six in the world that decide to team up to go win. I don't think any players like that deserve the MVP for that season. So um that's just my personal uh that applies to the Lakers feeling. too. That applies to the Lakers. If Kawhi and Paul George were playing, that would apply to them. Uh, okay. if, if Kawhi was there when uh, when it was the Warriors with KD and Steph, see, I think KD hurt uh, he hurt Steph's legacy more than he helped his own. So, um, and that's because he went to the Warriors and he Steph, did. He did. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and so, that's that's why, like, when people get mad and say like Warriors fans are hating and stuff like that, like I'm just like fuck y'all because like <laughs> no seriously. That's how I feel because I'm just like, no, I'm not going to sit here and get on my knees and thank Katie because like he was great, thankfully, but like his legacy took a great boom and he gets, he, he gets, it's said that he did everything for the Warriors and he's considered everything. Meanwhile, Steph now is like overlooked, like he's <laughs> fucking chunk change. Like, so no, I will not yeah. like sit here and say, <laughs> Katie is an amazing, incredible player. Absolutely. Thank you for coming Absolutely. and helping us get some chips. But yes, like Steph's legacy has been affected. And I, that's what I care about. So I want him <laughs> winning some more fucking chips and MVPs yep, yep. to shut these people up. But, you know. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. So, yeah, any anytime you got great players, they team up, you know, they're, they're – it's like bullies at that point. So they don't deserve any, they don't deserve any recognition as far as I'm concerned. Just go win your championship and leave, leave all the individual recognition to the other players that decided they wanted to take that, that challenge. Okay. I, you know, I don't feel, I don't really feel that strongly about people teaming up, but um, I just, it's funny to me how like teaming up seems okay on certain teams, but not other teams, you know, it's like, it's acceptable when some teams do it. And that's what I don't like, just like the double standard. But outside of that, I don't, I don't really care that much, but um, 
Well, I would like to see, I would like to see Paul George in the conversation. I would, he's, I'm, I'm a yeah, Paul definitely. George fan. So I would love <laughs> to see that. And I, I would like to one day see Kawhi win an MVP. I don't know if he can get it, but I think it would be great. I think he, I think he needs one for his legacy. I mean, he's going to be a hall of famer regardless. I get all of that, yeah. but I think the caliber of player that he is warrants that he should have at least one MVP. He they probably should, will never he, get it. He's in that position Embiid is in. He's never going to play enough games to really be considered because he's always doing a load management thing, which is fine. Right. Um, but, but I mean, you know, he solidified his legacy, like you said. If he wins the MVP, I'd be completely shocked. That would mean that the Clippers would really have to be like the number one seed and, and blowing folks out at that point. Right. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes. The voting is crazy, man. The, the media is, is crazy, so I don't know which, which way it's going to go. It is. That's why I don't want to hear nothing about media being objective. They are no more objective than <laughs> at all any of the rest of us. So, at well, JP, all. this has been so much fun. It's been like Definitely. really great having you on. Thank you. I'll have to have you on again, hopefully. Um, yeah, definitely. Anytime. We'll get you on our show too if you have time. Oh, wow. I'd love that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so <laughs> we'll be um, seeing what Thursday looks like, see if, if we're right at all. And of course, you'll be seeing me on the TL. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if the, if the Clippers not, win, not I'm blasting. fighting with you too much, though. <laughs> Just maybe sometimes trying to get you to see another side of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to the game. And thank you very much uh, for having me on here. So okay. appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Happy rest of the day. All right. All right you later. too. Bye-bye.